Good afternoon and welcome to Business Shakers, where we will shake the BS in business that no one tells you about. Business Shakers is proudly brought to you by Swipe Collective for all your social media and content management marketing, one swipe at a time. My name is Bronwyn Lundestead and today I am joined by a lover of animals. He has forged a clear path in Perth, not only by his passion, but by the specialist treatments that he provides for his patients. I want to introduce you to Heinrich from Hilton Veterinary Clinic. Welcome, Heinrich, and thank you for joining us today. Hi, and thank you very much. Awesome. So coming on the show, before we get started, please tell our fabulous audience a bit about you. Who are you? Okay, my name is Dr. Heinrich van Niekerk. I originally uh, studied in South Africa at Honest Depoort, the Faculty of Veterinary Science at the University of Pretoria. Um, had a business there for eight years. It was called um, Mountain View Animal and Bird Clinic. Then we sold there, came over to Australia once the political unrest started there and it started to get worse. Um, we've, we had little children at that stage. So it was a good opportunity to come to Australia and start afresh. And um, yeah, I worked at Bell Divers Vet Hospital for six and a half years. Yeah. And then started to get a bit itchy to do my own thing. And we bought Hilton Vet Hospital in Fremantle. At that stage, it was uh, located in Lefroy Road in Fremantle, Beaconsfield. And uh, in 2012, we grew and expanded to, to the point where the building couldn't hold us anymore and we had to move. So we moved to our current location, which is in South Street. Okay. That's super easy to get to. Yeah, 294 South Street uh, in Hilton. Nice. Now, uh, what actually got you started in animal care? Why choose the path that you chose? Yeah, that was interesting. Um, when we had to select what we're going to do in life in school, um, I remember being a bit uncertain, but I really loved wildlife, anything to do with nature, um, really anything that live, insects, plants, uh, I was just crazy in love. I would go for bushwalks and try to identify each insect and each plant. So it was a real passion. And then I started looking, so what sort of job can I do that will allow that passion to flourish? And um, I looked at a few things, eventually thought, well, Academically, I'm pretty strong, so I could just as well go all the way and do veterinary science, and, and that's that's how it all came to came about. Nice. Now, with uh, your business in South Africa, is it very different from owning a business overseas as what it is to here in Australia? No, not much. Um, about the same. I think uh, over here, things are better managed. Mm-hmm. Uh, than what it was when I was in South Africa. So, um, and I appreciate that. I think uh, if things get done properly, you get good results. Yep. So, what made you choose Australia? You could have gone anywhere in the world. Yeah, that's that's also an interesting thing, uh, because I love wildlife and things like that. Um, living in South Africa, the first exposure I had to Australia was. Paul Hogan. Okay. The Paul Hogan show. Yeah, okay. The, <laughs> that was a long that's time an ago. interesting one to go. <laughs> and then Crocodile Dundee, you know, and um, so looking at, uh, I watched Crocodile Dundee, one, two, three, all of them. Yeah. And um, 
when after watching that, I thought, you know, that looks like a cool place to go. <laughs> True story. <laughs> and then we came for our first visit to Australia in, uh, I think it was in 2000. We went to Sydney and we pretty much just landed there. It was our second day in, in, in Australia. And we saw this big crowd gathering and we thought, oh, something's happening. Let's go and check. And uh, me and my wife went and stood there. And, and here comes a big limousine. And um, a guy jumped out with a hat with crocodile teeth in it. And it was okay. Paul Hogan. Oh, wow. That <laughs> the is, real that deal. Is cool. <laughs> and there he goes. There's my hero getting out of the car. <laughs> and uh, it was... Um, yeah, the, it was actually the, the premiere for Crocodile Dundee 3 at that stage. Okay. So, yeah, it was just a bit funny coincidence that he jumped out of the car. So, But, yeah, um, we thought we were going to live over east, but eventually a friend of, of ours who lived in Sydney told us that Perth is a much better place. Okay. And we believed him. We just yes. came. Nice. So have you found that the journey over here was fairly easy to go with? Uh, it was. It was stressful. It was a big deal. Uh, we had to sell all our uh, our business, our, our house, and a lot of things uh, in South Africa. So that was a big challenge, and yep. uh, we had a bit of a time limit as well. And to to sell a business, your car, your house, furniture, all of that, um, yeah, it's a it's a big thing, and a lot of paperwork, a um, lot of stress. We got our visa. The day that we were meant to fly. Oh wow, wow! That is that is calling it very close. <laughs> that is very close. <laughs> <laughs> so we're setting up a new practice here. What made you decide that you didn't want to work for somebody else and actually have your own practice? Well, uh, it was lovely working at Bell Divers. I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, you get to a point where you, why, after you've run your own business, you. you Used to a few more challenges than yep. just doing veterinary science, and um, I love the challenge of business, and you know th- all the things that go with it, uh, managing staff. Um, I love that sort of thing, you know. So it it's uh, it just got to a point where I thought, yeah, love to do that again. Nice. Um, now, you've actually got quite a bit of a, a decent sized practice at the moment. You, how many staff do you have? Uh, we've got about ten. Um, We've got three vets, Mm -hmm. me included, and then we've got uh, five nurses and also a uh, business support manager. Nice. Now, with owning the business and obviously having all the uh, staff, do you find that there's much opportunity for veterinary students in Western Australia to actually either A, run their own business or work for someone else? Yeah, definitely. There's actually a shortage of vets at the moment. Um, During COVID, the whole pet industry really boomed. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of people just got more pets. Uh, The the breeders are busy. They are, um, you know, they've got waiting lists for people looking for for puppies and kittens. So it's done the the pet industry very well yeah. this whole covid thing so at the moment yeah there's a there's a shortage of vets okay um we we also help with student education uh, we always have students coming to us and 
and uh, going through our hospital at doing some work placement and um, that helps them. And, and we're very keen to, to assist them and help them with their yep. studies and just give them some work experience for what's lying ahead. Okay. Now, you were mentioning passions earlier. Is this uh, something that, because you're very unique with what you have to offer, and we'll actually let the audience know in a bit who what you actually have to offer at your clinic. Um, but do you find that following your passion is definitely something that is important when running a business? Absolutely. I think especially veterinary science, which is a high-stressed uh, type of environment, mm-hmm. um, it's sad to say that uh, actually a lot of, uh, you know, veterinary industry is one of the industries where a lot of people actually commit suicide due to the stress involved. Oh. Um, it is, everybody think it's it's very, uh, you know, cute and cuddly. You work with pets all day and it's, it's just a nice, lovely environment. But you're working with life and death. You're working with lots of emotions. So a very emotionally um, charged sort of industry. And... Um, but through the years, I found ways to 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 compensate for that, and you have to have other interests that can take your mind completely off what happens at work. Okay, and that's uh, that's been my saving grace. And um, luckily, I'm I'm quite interested in a lot of things, so that's not a problem for me. Yeah, but um, yeah, definitely have to have a passion for for it. Otherwise, it's you probably won't last. Um, it is, um, like I say, very stressful. So being passionate definitely helps. And um, if you know you, why you're doing this, if you've got a real good reason behind all this, and uh, uh, contrary to what a lot of people think, money is not one of them. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny. A lot of people have this um, misconception about veterinary science that, oh, there's a lot of money involved. But you can actually look online. There's uh, You can see what the average income of it in Australia is in worldwide. It's, okay. it's not very high at all. Oh, right. Okay. So, no, like one of my uh, customers always uh, tease me and say, yeah, you got your Rolls Royce parked around the corner. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I've got my my uh, 10-year-old Hilux Ute parked around the corner, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were mentioning having different interests. Is this something that all business owners, regardless of the industry, should actually be thinking about to separate their business mind uh, with something else just to break things up a bit? Do you find that this is something that everyone should think about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you definitely need some kind of hobby or something that that keep you uh, keep your mind occupied in another direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it can be a bit overwhelming if you're just occupied with uh, with with your job itself. So um, I like to do extra studies in a totally different way. I'm, Studying Hebrew at the moment, so that's, that's a very different. totally different thing. Different. Languages is a total different uh, area. Um, I'm also interested in, uh, in I, I quite enjoy bushwalking and bird watching. Um, nice, yeah, love nature. Nice. All right, we'll be back after a word from our sponsors about COVID pets and philosophy. DRN One, your favorite radio station. Playing the independent songs you love right now. Welcome back. I am joined today with Dr. Heinrich from Hilton Veterinary Clinic. 
Now, I have this horrible thing of getting names wrong. So um, I do know that you're South African. So uh, with your surname, can you actually pronounce that for our Australian uh, audience? Because I know how I say it, but for the Australians and for other other people other than the South Africans who know how to say it. All right. Yeah, it's, it's always a challenge. So um, I don't even mention my surname because I know people will just get it wrong. But uh, it's actually a Dutch surname. So Van Niekerk. That's how we pronounce it here. It's the proper pronunciation is Van Niekerk. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Very different. Now, we were talking about COVID pets earlier. You mentioned COVID pets. So I've written it down. I want to know, how is the industry dealing with COVID pets? So people bringing in pets over the COVID break and the mm. abandonments of those pets because apparently there is a bit of a, an uprise in people leaving the pets behind now because they don't have time to take care of them. Is this something you're seeing? Not so much leaving them behind. Um, there is a concern, though. During COVID, a lot of lot more people uh, uh, got some pets. Um, a lot of people bought puppies and kittens. The concern was that while, when we get back to normal life, um, after what's life going to look like after COVID? Are people still going to be working from home, spending time with their pets, or are those pets are going to be left behind, alone at home? And and that's a concern that I definitely have. You know that people will start going back to work, um, spending less time with pets, and there's also this conception that that uh, you know it's it's easier just to have one dog than two or, or three. Um, usually city councils allow you a maximum of two unless you have special permission then you can get three yep. but uh, wh- most people just would like one pet Pet dogs especially are very social animals mm-hmm. they pack animals you yes know? so they they are that's why they interact so nicely with our families so they become they see our family as, as part of the pack and they interact really great they've they're very emotional they they like that constant interaction. So by leaving them alone uh, at home on their own is very contrary to their nature. Okay. So it's it's very sad to see dogs being left alone on their own. It's actually much, much better to have more than one dog. Okay. Just for that dog's uh, mental health, it's much, much better and healthier for for their dog and you can see the difference eh? they they just come to life if there's another pet and they can keep each other company while you're away okay they keep each other company it's more likely that a single dog will get up to mischief Um, a lot of them suffer from separation anxiety being on their own and then they start chewing the furniture and you know getting in all sorts of trouble chewing the reticulation or yep. whatever they can get hold of starting to howl annoying the the neighbors and then the neighbors start complaining uh, those are real problems okay. that we see and um it, it can be fixed most of them can be fixed by just getting another dog okay. uh, most people think oh that's going to be double trouble it's actually less trouble Right. So with getting other pets, do you recommend rescues or, um, I mean, I know there's certain breeds of dogs that you have to go to a specific breeder for, but what are your thoughts on rescues and all of that? Yeah, I love the idea. Um, 
I've I've got a, a greyhound myself that we rescued, and I think it's a great idea to rescue a greyhound. Greyhounds are fantastic dogs. A lot of people have the wrong ideas about them, seeing them walking around with muzzles. Um, when we got our greyhound, um, she came with a muzzle, but okay. we had a cat and we had two other Italian greyhounds as well, okay. little, little miniature greyhounds. And um, she was lovely, even with a cat. She was she was fine, you know. We we took the muzzle off straight away, and yep. yeah, never even worried about the cat. Nice. Um, I would be concerned if a strange cat runs and she's off the lead outside in a park. Yep. I'd be concerned about that, <laughs> uh, that she might be interested in chasing the cat. But, um, yeah, they, they're lovely pets. But, yeah, definitely there's a lot of pets looking for homes um, in shelters and, and rescue places. Um, so definitely have that as, a, as an option yep. when you're looking for new pets. Um, it's also much cheaper than getting um, some uh, like a purebred yep. registered puppy, but it's not about cost. It's, it's giving that that abandoned pet a loving home. Yes, and and that is that is just great. You know, if you can add to a pet's joy in life. Nice. Now I know your veterinary clinic actually does have a puppy school. For teaching, do you recommend that all dogs get trained? I know we've diverted a bit about the business, but we are talking about dogs. So, yeah. what do you, what is your advice on training your dog? Okay, yeah, definitely. If you want to uh, get the joy and the pleasure from your pet, it's so important to train them well. And a good start in life is puppy classes. You know, we we start from eight weeks onwards. Um, eight to twelve weeks is usually a good time to think about puppy classes. Um, definitely important. That just gives them the foundation, the basis from where you can then train them further. But, um, you know, that's puppy classes where my dogs, my personal dogs have yep. learned to sit and stay and, and drop and, and <laughs> not take the food if they're not supposed to. And yep. Just those basic things. And then if you just keep working on that, you've got a dog that's responsive, that know what you want from them. And, uh, yeah, it just adds to the joy. What about the social aspect of owning a pet and the, the animals actually being social with other animals and people? How important is that? Um, definitely very important. Like I said, uh, dogs especially, very social. Even cats. You know, you get different types of cats. Cats can be – some cats can be super social and some are super shy. Um, I had we adopted two brothers, yep. and the one was just so affectionate; it would jump on everybody's lap. And the other one, the moment you get uh, visitors, he'll be hiding away. So it it varies from pet to pet, but um, most of them very social, and they need that that stimulation. Yep. So you know, um, like I said, it's good to have more than one dog or more than one cat, even. But it's um, a cat can be a bit of a social animal, so uh, it's it, a cat will be happier, can be happy on its own, mm-hmm. more likely than a dog. Yep, being single, so having a dog is also important to take them out walking on a regular basis, take them to parks, have a bit of a play with other dogs, uh, interact. 
a nice place for interaction and being social is um, we involved at um, Fremantle Farmers Market yep. every first Sunday of the month. So we go there, we put up our stall, and we we give out free treats for the dogs. And a lot of people bring their dogs along, and it's just one big social event for the dogs. Nice. So you are there first Sunday every month. Correct. What times are you there from? We there from about uh, well, we have to be up and going from eight o'clock mm-hmm. till uh, twelve o'clock. Okay, so this is at the Fremantle Farmers Market. Where is it located? At the Fremantle College in Lafroy Road. Lovely. So if anybody wants to actually go and take their dog down and have a chat, that would be the way to go. Now, coming back to looking after your pets, what should somebody be looking after when actually looking after their pet regularly? Is there, apart from getting a a new kitten or a puppy, taking them to training school, getting the initial vaccinations, what happens after that? Is that the end of the road or is there more? Yeah, there's more. Um, There's, as, as the pet goes through different stages of life, there's different things you need to look out for. Like you said, um, you mentioned the puppy vaccinations or kitten vaccinations. We start with that from about six weeks of age. Mm-hmm. And that's followed up by a second puppy vaccination a month later and a third one a month after that. Okay. The kittens uh, get two vaccinations, um, also at about six to eight weeks, and then another one a month later. Okay. And then after that, you've got to think about sterilization. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's the way you want to go, um, it's recommended um, at different stages, different ages for different breeds of dogs. So the bigger the dog, we usually recommend sterilization a little bit later. Um, we would normally recommend sterilization from about six months of age for your smaller breeds. Yep. And then up from 8 to 10 months for medium to large breeds and your giant breeds uh, closer to a year. Okay. Now, after that, you go into your um, sort of middle years and those are very healthy healthy times for the pets. Not a lot of things go wrong, but just annual vaccinations, worming, flea prevention, heartworm prevention, those normal things, yep. Um, just keeping their coats in good, good nick. If they need grooming, take them to a groomer often. Yep. And uh, trimming their nails because um, that's something you need to look after. It probably needs a, most dogs will need a nail trim about every three months, depending on how quick they wear, wear their, their nails down. Another maintenance thing, very important, is to look after their teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, we actually have a dental month going with 10% discount for nice. the month of June. But that's an area that's very easily neglected in pets. Um, cats, dogs, rabbits, guinea pigs, all those, you have to keep an eye on their teeth. Um, most dogs after three years of age will have some form of dental disease starting or... Okay. So... A lot of people tell me, oh, my dog's got a little bit of a bad breath, but that's actually not normal. A dog shouldn't have a bad breath. A cat shouldn't have a bad breath. Oh, right. So if there's some breath, bad breath detected from your pet, there's a problem there. Some kind of gum disease, too much tartar building up. It's time to go in and get the teeth cleaned. Absolutely. We do free dental checkups, so you're welcome to bring a pet for a free dental checkup. We can just have a look and give you an idea whether… Yep. 
any dental work needs to be done or not. But it's very important that the owners themselves lift the lip of their pets and just have a look and see if there's any tartar or plaque buildup. Okay. To get the dental checks, do we have a contact number that people can actually call you on? Yeah, the number is um, 9331-8375. Awesome. So that's to get the free dental checks. And because it's Dental Month, uh, it is the month of June. So to get, yeah. make sure you make use of that, uh, definitely give the clinic a call. Thank you. All right. So coming back after the break, we're going to learn more about business. DRNY, your favorite radio station. Playing the independent songs you love right now. Welcome back to Business Shakers. All right, so coming back to owning a business um, and the business structure that comes with it, how important is it for somebody to have a, a decent mindset to run a business? And when I say decent, we're talking about uh, understanding that it's it's actually a bit of a journey. Yeah, absolutely, a huge journey. Um when I started, I just went straight into the deep end. Um, I knew nothing about business, and I wish I first studied a little bit more about business. But anyway, I jumped in uh, straight from out of university into a startup business from scratch. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, had to learn very, very quickly. But it's nowadays there's so much, so much information available, people that can help you set up a business. Yeah, I belong to a business network group that um, have people in that does marketing, uh, designing. Um, so it's so important to have those connections to help and assist you with with your journey in business and build the business. Um, marketing is a huge thing. When I started. Um, that was many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do any marketing. And okay. for some reason, it worked. I just put a sign up at the front and it worked. <laughs> but nowadays, competition is quite fierce. Okay. So you have to you have to be out there with some kind of knowledge on marketing. So I put a bit of effort in to learn more about Google Ads and uh, Facebook, um, all those sort of things are really important nowadays. So to the best is actually to just to get somebody who knows what they're doing with regard to social media, yep. Google ads, um, these sort of um, social media ads is, is really a, a very effective nowadays. Um, things change and you have to sort of, you know, keep your ears and eyes open yep. for, for what sort of, advertising work best for your business um, for us we also involved like I mentioned before at the Fremantle farmers market where we interact with with the community um, so community involvement is also very effective and very good um, yeah other than that um, managing your business that's another aspect that's really important um, I think most businesses don't even survive the first year of their existence. And I think most of that is because of the management not being correct okay. and, and well done. So it's really important to to keep an eye on the management and, and get some help and advice on that. 
All right, so it's definitely important to actually get some help and to stay on top of changing trends and technologies. Absolutely, yeah, and things change so quick. Um, yeah, it's best to get people on board that can help you with that because I'm too busy to, to try and keep up with all those things. So that's talking more of outsourcing. This is a very big uh, topic that we often hear with people coming in and actually speaking to us. Um Outsourcing, do you find it's very difficult to find somebody to actually do what you're wanting them to do and then trusting them that they're actually going to follow through with what they say they're going to do? It can be. Um, it's it's really important to build a trust relationship with people you're going to be working with um, and make sure that, that, they, that you're both very clear on what your aims and, and, and goals are so that you can both work towards achieving those. Yep. Now, coming to myths, we're all about myths and BS in business. What is a myth that you know of that you've heard uh, about running a business? Oh, about running a business in general? Or owning a business, actually having a your own business. Yeah. Well, one of, um, well, it could be a little bit of a myth, but... It's that that you won't have um, a, a life other than the, the business, um, and that can be true. Yep. Um, if you don't watch out, that myth can become a reality. Yep. Uh, you really have to. Um, I spoke to a friend of mine. He said, uh, "I asked him, you know, how do we get this life work balance correct?" And he says, "No, that's there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. There's only work." <laughs> 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 but you know, I I really think it's very super important to to make time for your family, to make time for yourself, and um, and for your friends. Yeah, uh, that is really important to to not get consumed by by the business, um, and and I think that that is sort of a myth mm-hmm. come true in a lot of for a lot of businesses. Yeah. Uh, where they get consumed and they just get caught up in only work and and no no joy outside uh, outside work. Yep. Um, so how do you actually distinct uh, between work? You um, apart from actually having uh, I'm going to say a brick and mortar business, and it's opening times, closing times, and then you go home. How do you distinguish the difference between shutting your mind off when you get home? Yeah, for me, what works is if I plan my week. I've got every day planned. It's well, I've got it planned in my mind so that I know that when I get into my car driving to back to home, um, that's my time that I listen to podcasts. Okay. So I immediately know that if I don't do that, I'm once I reach home, the next thing starts. Then I spend time with my family. Okay. So there's no taking work to home. I just cut that time off though. I structure my day so that I know this is my time for work, this is my time for study, this is my time for family, and I stick to that. Okay. And if I don't stick to that, I know somebody's going to lose out. Um, okay. You know, so, and doing that, on my way home, I switch to listening to podcasts, doing some education, and I know that um, once I do that, I'm, I'm switched off from work and I'm tuned in on the next thing. So is this something you've learned over the years to do and actually conditioning yourself to actually stick to that schedule? Yeah, you've got to be disciplined in, in following that through though. And um, 
it's very rewarding because then you actually make progress. I like goals and I like to to um, yeah structure my day and and know what I'm in for. Okay. And you were talking about the podcasts. I'm going to assume this has got a lot to do with self-development and growing your mindset. Correct. Yeah. Why why would you do that? Well, um just because I don't know everything, so <laughs> there's a lot out there that I need to learn and things change so quickly. So it's really important um a lot of the podcasts I listen to is about business, um about marketing, about um getting the message out there and also self-improvement. Um, uh, one of my uh, big interests is also um, history. Um, so, yeah, I, I stick to those sort of things. And, um, yeah, it's it's really important to, to keep learning. Okay. Is it beneficial for a business owner or an entrepreneur to look at self-development to grow? Absolutely. Um no, I think it's it's essential. Uh, yep. You gotta be growing. Yeah. You gotta be progressive. Yep. Because even your staff will look at you and think, you know, you know, is this business stagnating or what's happening there? You know, this makes me think of a business that I looked at buying uh, many years ago. I walked in there and it looked like a museum. Oh wow! <laughs> it okay. Really, it was a veterinary uh, clinic, but I was just astonished to see how old everything was in that building i couldn't believe my eyes wow and i thought well i never want to be like that i want to be progressive i want to want to improve on everything i do yep and um definitely with equipment and and knowledge that you apply to what you do um if you're progressive your team also catch up or catch on with that and they they can see something's happening here you know yep. we, we're moving somewhere we're not just stagnating nice now with running a business what is a key message that you would want to give to your younger self from where you are at the moment what would you say to yourself yeah goodness i um i should have definitely um done a little bit more studies in finance and business and marketing um before i jumped in because i learned the hard way okay the hard and the long way. <laughs> but isn't that something most business owners actually do? Have you found that? Yeah, it is, unfortunately. Um, I don't think it's the best way, though. <laughs> you can learn much quicker. I've, I know a, a guy who's an electrician, and he is so switched on. He's only 23 years old. He's, he's part of a, a business network. He's, he's uh, clued up with... with um, uh, network marketing is clued up with advertising and uh, that is such a good s- spot to start um, rather than just jump in and learn to swim as you go, which I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very interesting way to actually do business, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> well, I, I must say, you know, it's a, it's a good way because you the lessons you learn are hard lessons and you never forget them. So I must say, you know, like they always say, the, the school of hard knocks is definitely the best school. <laughs> All right, we'll be back after the short break to actually learn about the specialities done by Dr. Heinrich. DRN1, your favorite radio station, playing the independent songs you love right now. Welcome back to Business Shakers. All right, so we're talking about 
pet care and the best pet care and running a business as well. Or two very different topics all thrown into one. <laughs> um, and I'm joined by Dr. Heinrich. So coming back to um, owning a vet clinic, how does somebody choose their veterinary clinic, their doctor to look after their fur baby? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I always, um, my wife likes to comment on the doctors she goes to and very often she comes back and says, wow, that's a good doctor. And I say, how do you know? Um, but very often we can't tell if if it's a good vet or not. Um, some some have good mannerisms, good uh, communication skills and, and you judge them by that or maybe by how tidy the place is. Those are good and important things. But there's more to it mm-hmm. because um, you can have Good communication skills, but uh, you know, good technical skills is also important when it comes to diagnosing, um, doing the correct test, deciding which way is going to be the best treatment for your pet. It's very important that the vet has some um, experience at least. Mm-hmm. So the more experience, uh, the better. Um, th- yeah, and I think the uh, looking at at uh, reviews is important um getting referrals people will usually tell you you know how how effective and how good those that particular vet is um but yeah just going and see for yourself that's yeah. that's a good way you know and so what we do is we very often um say to people look if uh, uh, you're welcome to come for a free second opinion consultation um just come and see what we're all about and what we can offer. Okay. And if you're not happy with that, that's fine. All right. No problem. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's important that the vet that you go to has has good experience in the field that you're looking at uh, or what specifically is needed to treat your pet. So what makes you so different? I'm going to say you're more of a boutique style because you are smaller as opposed to large franchises that you'll see on every few corners what makes you so different to them yeah we've got um, a keen interest in exotic pets so that means rabbits guinea pigs ferrets um, reptiles rats mice that that i think is very very interesting i love my rats I love I love my rats, um, so that that is very cool. Yeah, they're very interesting, very interesting, and very intelligent pets actually. Yes, and a lot of people don't know you can train them to use a litter box, and they're quite clever. Yes, and I've got long lot of stories about pet rats that I used to carry everywhere, <laughs> everywhere I went. They would sit on the the dashboard in the car. That I had them trained perfectly. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we do uh, exotic pets. We do birds as well. And yep. this um, this I've been doing for many, many years, um, you know, from the days uh, when I had the business in South Africa. So that's, that's like um, more than 28 years now. So, yeah, we also do help out with wildlife, mm-hmm. with um, Wildlife WA, yep. um, f- formerly known as uh, Native Ark. So we do some work with them. Um, I've actually got a degree in wildlife management as well. So that's where the exotic pets started from, you know, doing other pets than nice. not just dogs and cats. Um, 
But yeah, the majority of animals are actually dogs and cats that we do. Another thing we are focusing on and have a special interest in is uh, knee surgery in dogs. So that usually involves things like cruciate ruptures that needs to be surgically corrected or patella luxations. Um, those are a keen interest probably because I had some knee problems myself when I was okay. younger. And, um, you know, you just sort of get drawn to, uh, you know, fixing every knee you can get because yep. you, you so badly want your own knees to be fixed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so is it a common thing to actually have animals come in with knee problems? It's quite common in dogs, yeah. Not so much in cats. I've I've seen a few cats with cruciate ligament uh, ruptures, but oh, just a couple really. It's not, not many that you see. Mostly it's a dog problem. Okay. And we see that quite often. That can be due to uh, conformation issues in their knees, the way they were bred, or it could be traumatic as well. Okay. So... Are you the only, I'm going to say the only vet veterinary clinic that specialises in that in WA? No, I just want to correct there. We, we don't specialise. I'm not a specialist, okay. yep. but I've got a special interest in knee surgery. Um, when it comes to specialise, we, we've got quite a few uh, specialists around. Um, they're, they're all over Perth. There's probably at least four places that that specializes uh, that that has auto orthopedic surgeons now I'm okay. not an orthopedic surgeon but because I've been doing it for so many many yep. years you know what you're doing um, yeah I've got a lot of experience in that nice very nice that's actually very interesting so with the wildlife animals do people just bring in injured animals that they find to you how does that all work yeah um with uh, Wildlife WA, sometimes bring um, animals to us to to help and to in, just look at, especially if it's more complicated surgery and medication. Um, we also get wildlife from um, um, sea rescue organizations, okay. and then yeah, people uh, just the community finding wildlife and bring it into us, and we will then pass it on to Wildlife WA. Okay, nice. Now, what can people expect from your vet care? Only the best. <laughs> <laughs> nice and easy. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, we've got a, a brilliant team of very friendly nurses and vets, and um, we're definitely out there to look after the best possible care for, for the pet. Um, and that we will communicate to the client, what is best for your pet? That's our that's our outlook. That's where we gonna. That's how we approach any any disease or problem yep. in your pet. Um, if the cost is um, a bit too high for some people, we might might look at Plan B. Yep. But we will always go for what is best for your pet. Let's look at how we're going to fix this problem the best and keep your pet as pain free and comfortable as possible. Nice. So you basically have long-term family relationships uh, with your clients and your fur pets mm. while your fur patients. Yeah, that's that's so good. Um, I love to walk that that path of life, you know, from you know puppy or kitten time all the way through, um, unfortunately, to the end. 
but it's so such a privilege to to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, very sad when you know you come to the end of that joyful life of that pet, but it's a life to celebrate. Then you know, and it's um, and uh, yeah, just such a privilege to do that. Nice. Now, do you educate people on pet care and how to actually look after animals? Yes, as um, much as possible. We we um, very often when people get their first pet, well, I'd love to sit down with them and just educate them on what's necessary for that specific pet. So we've got a special information type of consultation that we do with new pet owners. Um, doesn't matter which breed or you know, it could be a rabbit or a ferret or a yeah. um, puppy or a kitten or a bird. Um, a, a lot of people don't really know how to look well after their pet. And this, especially when it comes to exotic pets, a lot of the exotic pets have a bad deal because people buy them because they think they're cute. They might be cheaper than getting a dog. And in the end, um, it's bad news for that pet because okay. it doesn't get fed the right things, doesn't get... The, the the way they they keep them is not uh, appropriate and um yeah they usually run into all sorts of problems for okay. instance rabbits say that most most problems with the rabbits are because people feed them the wrong thing i'm going to ask what should you be feeding a rabbit <laughs> <laughs> well 80% of their diet should be things like grass and hay okay uh, good quality hay uh, oaten hay uh, or timothy hay um most uh, there's this misconception that people think you just buy a bag of uh, rabbit pellets or guinea pig pellets and you just feed them that. They don't wear their teeth down on those pellets okay. quick enough. And the problem with rabbits and even guinea pigs are that they their teeth grow constantly and they never stop. It's not like our teeth that don't grow. Yeah, they don't grow. <laughs> they regress rather than yep. grow. But their teeth grow all the time and they have to wear them down all the time. So they, they need the fiber to, to wear those teeth down. If you don't, they get overgrown teeth, uh, tooth root abscesses, and not a lot of them survive that. Oh, right. I, d- I didn't know that. Yeah. I, clearly, I've never owned a pet. Uh, rabbits, at least. So, rabbit, I'll be clear on that. Um, so, with the information on actually owning a pet and that consultation that you do give, can people call into you and say we'd like some more information and actually come in and see you? Yeah, definitely. Um, we're always keen to help people because um, the the idea is not just to um, fix animals and fix diseases and, and do surgery and things, but yep. also to prevent uh, problems from happening in the first place. And for that, yeah, education is necessary. Otherwise, they can find you on the first Sunday of every month at the Free Mantle Farmers Market. Correct. Uh, free advice we give you, give out there and some free treats for their dogs as well. Nice. Now, I'm going to talk about pet emergencies because that, this does happen all the time. Do you deal a lot with pet emergencies? Um, yeah, we, we do see quite a few. We're not open at night time, so we're not like an emergency uh, clinic or hospital. Um, there are a few in Perth, so th- we refer our clients to them uh, over public holidays and um, at night time. Yep. But during the day, because we open from 8 till 7 every day, um, except Sundays and Saturdays. We Saturdays we close at 2 o'clock. But during those hours, we actually see a lot of uh, emergencies, things like dogs going to the beach and swallowing blowfish. Wow. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, dogs swallow all sort of things. I had a cat once that swallowed a kebab stick, a whole kebab stick. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, unreal. Okay. Unreal. <laughs> uh, so you would have a lot of interesting stories about the different types of treatments. What has been the most, the one that stood out over everything else? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them. <laughs> I think um, one interesting one was uh, a person who brought in a tiger snake. Um, it was, the problem with this tiger snake was that it had it, its head stuck in a beer can. Okay. So, um, obviously been drinking too much. <laughs> no, just joking. But, yeah, so this uh, couldn't get its head out of there. And so we had to anesthetize the, the tiger snake, cut open the beer can, and um, lo and behold, inside this beer can was a nest with a little mouse inside. So this snake was after the, oh. the mouse and actually killed the, the mouse. Yep. Didn't swallow it because <laughs> it couldn't. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it got its head stuck there. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we su- successfully released the snake. Um, that was an interesting one. Emergency snake. <laughs> that is that is very very cool. All right, uh, just going to ask: How do people find you? How do we find you? Well, on uh, if you Google us, Hilton Vet Hospital, that's the easiest way. Uh, you'll you'll find Hilton Vet Hospital there. Um, we're at two nine four South Street in yep. Hilton. Yep. Um, Next to the Triple Seven Pharmacy, there um, and the Squash Club is on our other on our, the other side. All right. Do people have to be around the area to come in and see you, or can they go from anywhere? Well, with our special interest in doing knee surgery, we actually get clients all over WA. Yep. Um, we get them from down south, uh, Albany, um, uh, Bustleton, Geraldton. Yep. Uh, we've had clients from all over the place. So, no, not restricted. Most yep. clients will come to us that live close by, yep. but we get clients from further away as well. Awesome. So, if you're willing to take the travel down South Streets, it's easy to find you. That's correct. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we wrap up, I am super excited to be inviting you all, our audience, to join us on July the 8th at 7.30 a.m. at Betty and Dave's here in Mount Lawley for our very, very first business networking event. We have been proudly sponsored by Swipe Collective and Betty and Dave's to have DRN1 host this must-attend event. We will be joined by a guest list of highly inspirational and knowledgeable speakers. So bring your business cards and enjoy a nice hot cuppa and croissant for the first few registrants. This is on us and details are on our Facebook page and Eventbrite. Please register. We want to see you. Uh, We need registrations to actually confirm uh, the catering. This is a free event and we do want you to come down. Also, super thank you for joining us here today on Business Shakers. Uh, Heinrich. Thank you very much, Bronwyn. So your insights are are absolutely invaluable and it was very, very interesting to learn a, a bit more about what you do. Wonderful. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. And thank you our audience for joining us here on Business Shakers. And always remember, stay dedicated because great things take time. See you next week.